Hey, everybody. Why don't you grab a seat? Welcome home. So glad you made it. So glad to see you. I gotta, um, I'd like to open today with a scripture sandwich of sorts. Um, from Psalm 24, Philippians 4, and 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And this is meant to just kind of prime our hearts and minds for what God wants to share and speak to us today. So it says this. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The world and all its people belong to him. For he laid the earth's foundation on the seas and built it on the ocean's depths. And this same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches, which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. Amen. So, so, we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen, since what is, what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. I'm going to read this one more time. Let's all stand for the reading of the scriptures right now, okay? I feel like God just really wants to speak to us through these passages today. And so I just want to read this over you one more time and let this sink in. And when you agree with something, I just need you to be like the Franz and say amen, okay? <laughs> the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. Amen. The world and all its people belong to him. Amen. For he laid the, the earth's foundations on the seas and built it on the ocean depths. And this same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches which have been supplied or given to us in Christ Jesus. Amen. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary but what is unseen is eternal. This is the word of the Lord. Grab a seat. Good morning, everyone. So happy to see you. If you don't know me, my name is David, and I'm one of the pastors here. Thrilled to be sharing from the scriptures. Um, before we continue, I just wanted to see, is my, is my brother Drew Weaver in the house today? I didn't see him come in. No? Okay. Um, if you know Drew, uh, he's been around for a couple months. I think he's um, going to be heading out from L.A., just like the Courtney's, only he's going to be heading back to Alabama. So if you've ever met him or had a conversation with him or prayed with him, just continue to pray for him in this season of change as, um, as he's going to be leaving L.A. and heading back to the Deep South. Okay. So, uh, all right. Well, welcome, everyone. So glad to see you. Um, today, as we wrap up our New Year's series, um, I want to talk about how God wants us to see our lives and this coming year through the lens of his power and provision that he is in control in a message called A Life of Letting Go. A Life of Letting Go. And I want to talk about this very orthodox Christian perspective. This is not new. This is, this is across the entirety of the church, this Christian perspective, where we choose to acknowledge Psalm 12, we see, belongs to Jesus. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. Um, and I want to talk about this today because as we look into the new year, I, I want to make sure we're not carrying things with us that Jesus doesn't want us to hold on to. What do I mean? As people, and specifically as church people, I think we also often hold tightly to things that according to our faith don't actually belong to us. Things that we were never intended to nor given permission by God to carry at our own discretion. I'm talking about the things we experience or have experienced that we hold on to. The things that we were 
received or the things that we picked up or the things we collect or inherit or pursue or prefer, the things that we believe define us, that we take ownership of and store in our hearts and minds far beyond their given season or expiration date. And this tendency to hold on to things that don't belong to us because the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, amen, it leaves us, friends, it leaves us so often in one of two places. When we hold on, at best, at best, when we hold on too tight to the things of this life, we'll find ourselves simply limited in what we're able to experience with God moving forward. That's best case scenario. As we hold on to things tightly, we simply experience less good with God because we're too preoccupied and our hands are full. But at worst, when we choose to live with closed hands and neglect to remember that the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, including us, including our stories, including our past and our future, including our friends and our families, our favorites, our passions, our properties, our careers, our perceived purposes, the list could go on and on. When we do this, when we hold on to something too long, worst case, it leaves us trapped in a life of stagnation, and decay like a life gone bad, wasted like a bowl of fruit on the counter, slowly growing bitter from the inside out. It reminds me, I was telling the team earlier, uh, in back before the service, it reminds me of when I was in third grade, Miss Lindgren's class, a good Swedish teacher at uh, Webster Stanley Elementary School in Oshkosh, Wisconsin. Wow. I was a kid, third grade, a kid like many others. I enjoyed the simple things of life. I enjoyed tetherball at recess, which was a blast. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was tall, so I could hit it. I enjoyed making those weird clay pots um, in art class, and I liked playing um, Ode to Joy on the mini keyboard in music class. But anyway, typical kid stuff. But the one thing I loved the most in third grade, and I look forward to more than anything, was we had this morning milk break. Did anyone have a morning milk break in school? Like one guy, and we were talking, I just assumed this was everybody, okay? But I guess the milk lobbyists were really pushing for us in Wisconsin. And so, right, Steve? Those milk lobbyists, they just, they get you. Anyway, so what we had in, in third grade was uh, every morning some guy would drop off a crate of little milk cartons. And we'd all take a moment during the day to just remember the good things of life over a, a carton of milk. It was amazing. And so anyway, I love this. And so much so that one day I had this idea. I would, even, I would even say that it was a dream. I had a dream that wouldn't it be cool to somehow secure an extra carton of milk? I just thought, man, wouldn't this be amazing? And so the next day, um, that when I got to school, I'd be able to just like have a milk as people were coming in and people would be jealous. And so I thought this is brilliant. So I devised a plan to, to create a trade between one of my mechanical pencils with a troll pencil topper, the, like the bright hair on it, with a friend of mine. And I traded him a pencil for a second milk carton and I took this milk and I stored it securely on my desk. And I dreamed, I dreamed about what could be when I returned to school, friends. Now, one detail in the story is that, is that this trade came in on a Friday, okay? And so, and this meant, yeah, I know, it's awesome. This meant that that wonderful little chocolate milk carton was, was left for the weekend in my desk, which did not contain a mini refrigerator. And so, can you just imagine for a second what happened? Of course you can, let me walk you through it in detail. And so, I get to class on Monday, just fired up, amped because of this future that, that lied for, before me in my desk. And I was just so far, I get to, to get to the class, make my way to the desk, and I grabbed that little thing of milk and I cleared my throat and I was just like, oh, what's this? 
Oh, I already have a chocolate milk carton. That's so crazy. Looks like I get an extra one today. And so I crack it open. Everyone's watching with merited envy, as you could imagine. And I take a big old gulp. Only the milk was not what I expected. It was not the sweet texture and the beautiful flavor that I'd grown to expect. No, somehow it had gotten chunky. Somehow it had gotten chunky and bitter. And y'all, let me just say, this was legitimately the most disgusting thing I've ever experienced in my entire life as curdled milk enveloped my mouth, okay? Now, again, an important detail of the story on the outside is that, is that from, from the surface, from the outside, this thing that I held on to, it still looked really good. It still looked really good. On the surface, everything about it seemed right. But the reality is, regardless of what it was before on that Friday or what I so desperately wanted it to be on that Monday, the reality is, what it once was, it was no longer. Why? Because I held on to it too long. I held on to it too long, far past its expiration date. And now it wasn't just less good. Now it was straight up rotten and bitter from the inside out. And listen, I, I know that this is just a, a dumb story about me being nine and not understanding all the details behind pasteurization, but I hope this illustration tracks with you. Because, y'all, this is what we do all the time in just about every area of our lives. We take what matters to us. We take what matters to us, the good and the bad, and we try to lock it away. We try to preserve it for later from relationships that we're afraid to let go of because we don't know how to be alone, to resources we don't know how to steward, and so we're just constantly collecting more. There's never enough. To trauma and bitterness and disappointments that we refuse to forgive or leave behind because once you do, you won't have power over those who hurt you. To even blessings mountaintop moments with God where he met you in these profound ways that you just want to, you just want to like fossilize like the Mount of Transfiguration, right? Where they all get up there and they see this amazing moment and, and Peter's like, hey, let me build tents so we can stay here forever. So you, 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 don't, you don't want these moments to end so you keep repeating them over and over. You ignore the fact that the season had passed and what got you there won't get you here. Friends, we all carry things that matter to us. Emotions, experiences, people, careers, stuff. And I need you to know that the problem isn't so much that these things matter to us. That's a good thing. God made us to care about stuff and seasons and situations. Now, the problem isn't that we care about things. The problem is that we think these things belong to us. That they belong to us, or, or, or even worse, that these things are us. And so we hold on. We hold on too tight for too long, refusing to let it go. But when we do this, it, it not only prevents us from receiving what God wants most for us next, it can also hurt us and those around us, regardless of how reasonable or good it looks on the surface. A lack of letting go can hurt us and make us bitter from the inside out. And we know it. Because we've all experienced it at some point along the way. So what's the deal? The question is, why do we choose to hold on to things that hold us back? 
Why do we choose to hold on to things that hurt us? Why do we choose to hold on so tight? Well, I think the primary reason we hold on to things so tight is because as people, as human beings, we mistakenly believe that our lives belong to us. That we are responsible for everything we see and everything we experience. Even as Christians, there's this thing in us that puts us at the center of our story where we believe that what we have is ours, that we're the owners, that what we achieve is up to us. For where we are, it's because we got ourselves there, that our dreams and our ideas are ours to make and possessions are ours to own and store and protect. In the end, I think this is the problem. We just believe life is about us. Where we have this ability to make decisions about everything we see and we have the authority to engage with it as we see fit. I think the great 20th century poet John Bon Jovi said it best when he said, he said, it's my life. It's now or never. I ain't gonna live forever. I just wanna live while I'm alive. And this is the human experience that so many of us adopt and embrace. And why we hold on to what we got. It doesn't make a difference if we make it or not. Because we think that this life is about us. It's my life. I just want to live while I'm alive. And this is why I think that we hold on to things so tight. Because if we don't, who will? If we don't, who will? But friends, ah. Oh, I just need you to know that while this perspective, it makes sense outside these doors and it certainly makes a compelling song from the 90s. I just need you to know that this perspective, it couldn't be further from the truth. Because if you're a Christian and you're, and you're taking notes, write this down. I need you to know that, that if you're a Christian, then contrary to John Bon Jovi, that it's my life and I ain't gonna live forever, we have been given John 3.16, which declares that no, you will in fact live forever, right? Because it's not your life anymore. Check this out. It's on the screen. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. If you're a Christian, friends, then you are eternal. You are eternal because it's not you living anymore. It's Christ living in you. I love this from Galatians chapter 2. It says this. It says, My old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I live in the, in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And this is it. If you're a Christian, friends, then you already died. Your old life is dead, is gone, and now you've been born again into a new life of letting go with an eternal heart where Christ resides at the center of it all. And he, Jesus, ah, oh, who reigns supreme over all creation and still calls you friend, he wants you, back to the start, back to the beginning, he wants you to see this life from the other side of his grave and the other side of yours. He wants you to see life no longer through your own energy, your own efforts, your own intentions, your own hopes and dreams, but rather through his and his unlimited resource, his unlimited opportunities, his unlimited strength and power and provision of which there is no lack. And the only thing that God wants you to hold on to 
The only thing that God gives you the authority to hold on to is him. Hebrews chapter 10 says, So let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm. For God can be trusted to keep his promise. Friends, I don't know who needs to hear this today, but God is with you. God is in you. And he wants to lead you and supply you with everything you need so you might live a life of letting go with him. And he will supply you. Back to Philippians chapter 4, it says this, And this same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. Amen! God wants to provide for you. Did you know that? He wants to lead you. He wants to take care of you. And this means you no longer need to assume responsibility over the things that don't belong to you. Because it's not your life anymore. It's not your life anymore. None of this is yours. Everything belongs to him. But what's amazing is he wants to give you and provide for you everything you need to be faithful. And not just once. No, he wants to lead you into an incredible future of faith and promise every single day. We just need to be willing to let go. We just need to be willing to let go of all the things holding us back, all the things that are weighing us down that aren't ours to carry in the first place. So we might have the ability to receive what's next with Jesus. And this is the dream that God has for us in the coming year and really just what it means to be a Christian. God wants you to experience your life with him, to see your year through the lens of his power and his provision and not your own limited ability to acquire or hold or make things happen on your own. This is it. God wants you to live a life of letting go with him so you might have room in your life to receive from him his power and provision. He wants you to be free to build your life on two primary theological assumptions. And these are two assumptions I need you to write down if you're taking notes. Number one, from Psalm 24, the assumption is that the earth is the Lord's and everything in it and everything belongs to him. That's the first assumption, the first baseline assumption that we're building our lives with, that everything is his. And the second assumption is from Philippians 4, that because everything is his, he can and he will supply you with everything you need to be faithful. Why? Because he loves you. Because he loves you. Because you are his people and his family. And that's it. Baseline perspective in a life of letting go. Number one, everything belongs to him, including your life and everything in your life. And baseline assumption number two is that he will give you everything you need to be faithful because he loves you. And this is what's real for God's people, okay? This is reality because of Jesus. Now all you have to do in response is let it go. Is to let go of what's never been yours to carry in the first place. But okay, what does this look like? To just let it go and let, what is it, someone said, what does it, what does it mean to just let go and let God, right? Because if you're anything like me, this like, let it go, let it go, don't hold it back anymore. This is harder than it looks, right? To just let it go. Have you ever been in a conversation where you're just, just kind of like frustrated and someone's like, hey man, just relax. How well does that go, right? Just let it go, man. Like water off a duck's whatever. You know, just let it go. It's hard 
to live a life of letting go when you've been holding on your whole life, right? So even if you want to, how do you know what to do? How can you know if what you're holding on to is, is good? How do you know if what you're holding on to is from God or if you're just afraid to live without it? These are all the questions that we have that are holding us back. And so I want to walk you through um, a bit of a, a rhythm or a progression that repeats, that, that kind of inspires and gives us, uh, gives us uh, direction into this life of letting go. And when I look to the scriptures, I really see it coming down to three key practices. And those are open hands, lay it down, and pour it out. So if you're, if you're taking notes, write those down. Otherwise, get your phone out and take a picture. It'll be up there a bunch. Just get this in your brain. If you want to live the life God wants for you in the coming year, it starts with open hands, laying it down, and pouring it out. This is a life of letting go. Let's start with uh, open hands. So God wants to give you whatever you need to be faithful. But if you are holding on too tight to the things of the past, to the things of this life, and, and even to the things he gave you before, if, if our hands are closed, clinching what isn't ours to own, we'll never be able to catch the provision that he wants to give us next. Okay? So we must learn to live with open hands. With open hands. And living with open hands actually prepares us and makes us ready for two key things. A life of open hands makes us ready to remove the things that have to go. And it also makes us ready to receive the things that God wants to give. Does that make sense? When we live with open hands, trusting God with all we have, it prepares us to let go of what is no longer good for us, which then prepares us to receive what he says is best. We can't receive without first being ready to remove. It reminds me of like a thousand stories in my own life where God wanted me uh, to give me more and to call me into a better way, but I wasn't ready to receive it because I was so fixated on what I thought was best for me. Have you ever been there? I know what's best for me. I'm going to hold on so tight, even though God is trying to pour on blessings. You're unable to receive. For me, I'd say the most obvious was when I was in my early 20s. I was just chasing the dream of being a rock star, okay? You know those songs from John, John Bon Jovi? I was singing them all the time. But listen, I, I started at church. I wanted to play hockey growing up. My parents were like, take piano lessons. And it was like, okay, thank you. This is great. But it actually fed my future, okay? <laughs> and kept my teeth, okay? So that's all good. But I started playing music in church and all this like youth group guys, we started a band and then that band just we started writing our own songs and we started chasing this dream. And so it started with the Lord, but then it became something I held on to so tight. And for years I invested, for years I committed, for years I dreamed about the future, I owned it, I carried it, I did everything I could to protect it, to insulate it and preserve it, and honestly, I gave my whole life to it holding so tightly to this one thing that over time started to become me. Does that make sense? It's almost like I made this dream I had my identity and I couldn't see who I could be without it. And for years I walked, for years I walked with closed hands. Unable and unwilling to flex from this life I wanted the most because I thought it's my life, it's now or never. I ain't gonna live forever. And in those years, 
Guys, I was certain, I was certain that this was the future, but I'm also certain looking back that God was trying to give me what I needed. He was trying, even in my closed hands, to give me power, to give me provision, to give me direction and peace. And I did experience some of those things along the way, but I was so focused, guys, with my hands so tight that I was incapable of receiving the better things he wanted most for me. And I don't know if anyone here has ever experienced that, or if anyone here today is walking that same road, but the reality is, like it or not, you cannot be ready to receive the best from God without first being willing to let God remove what has to go. You cannot be ready to receive what's best from God without first being willing to let go of what God says isn't best. You must live with open hands to experience God's power and provision. You must live with open hands. Now, if that's hard for you, is is it hard for anyone to let go of control? Oh, yeah. It's like a confessional in here right now. If that's hard for you, like it is for me, to let go of control, to open your hands to what God has, then I just have a, a simple prayer for you, and I, I just want to read this for you. If it, write this down. Take a picture of it. If anyone has a hard time letting go, this is a great, great place to start. It's daily, every day, asking God these questions. God, who do you want me to be? What do you want me to have? I trust you to give me what I need and take away the rest. Would you just say that with me right now? Let's say this together. God, who do you want me to be? What do you want me to have? I trust you to give me what I need and take away the rest. This is the first piece in a life of letting go, walking with open hands. The second piece is to lay it down, to consecrate all you've been given back to Jesus. What does this mean? Well, this life of letting go starts by opening your hands to receive from him. But then when you receive from here, here's the expectation. When you say, yes, Jesus, I am willing to receive, it's then that you recognize all he's given you. And you say, Jesus, use it for your glory. It's laying it down before him because everything is his anyway. We might think it's ours, but the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, right? And this is key because it keeps our perspective on Psalm 24, this first theological assumption that we are not owners of our stuff. We are not owners of our situation or our significance, but rather God calls us his stewards. We are his stewards in the world for such a time as this, managing what God has on his behalf. So take a minute to consider just for a second. What do you have? Think about all you've been given and what matters most to you. Think about all the things that you hold on to and all that you're carrying. Think about your jobs for a second that you've worked so hard for. Think about your families that you love so much. Think about the feelings that bring meaning to your life. Think about the stuff that you have in your garage, your influence. Think about your reputation. Think about your bank account, your brain, the breath in your lungs. Guys, God wants you to acknowledge that all those things that are yours, that, that you think that are yours, all these things that you've received, God wants you to know that he has provided those for you. And they still belong to him. And all those things that he has provided for you, they were given for a very specific reason. They were given so you might know him more 
And so you might make him known more through your things, okay? God wants you to know that everything you have is on loan to grow your faith and the faith of others. And so again, he, he wants you to know it so you might lay it down before him. To say, God, use all of these things. Use all of these things. Which leads us up to this final piece in a life of letting go, and that is that we would just pour it out. Where the first two steps of open hands and laying it down are largely steps of seeing or thinking differently through the lens of his power and provision. It's getting back to the baseline of reality, right? But to pour it out is a physical change of action. It is a huge step of faith in the actual practice of letting go. It's not holding or hoarding what you have, but rather living with open hands and then using what God has given you. Trusting that when it's gone, he'll continue to provide what's next. Jesus speaks to this practice in Matthew chapter 6 when he says, it's on the screen, he says, don't store up treasures here on earth. Don't hold tightly to the things of earth, friends, where moths eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust can't destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be also. So don't worry about these things, saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? Don't worry about these things, saying, what if we run out? What if there's not enough? Don't worry about these things, saying, what if I lose what I thought mattered most? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. So seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously. Jesus is saying, pour it out and he will give you everything you need. I love how the Apostle Paul expands on this theological assumption, baseline of God's provision in 2 Corinthians chapter 9 when he says this. It's on the screen. He says, remember this. A farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop. But the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. You must each decide in your heart how much to give and don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure for God loves a person who gives cheerfully. Verse 8, and God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. As the scriptures say, they share freely and give generously to the poor. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. For God is the one. Pay attention here. For God is the one who provides the seed. He's the one that provides the seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. It's before and after. In the same way, he will provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. Yes, you will be enriched in every way so that you can always be generous. Isn't that beautiful? Friends, the earth is the Lord's. And verse 8, he will generously provide everything you need. You don't have to worry. You can trust him. He will provide, and he will give you everything you need to be faithful. So back to the book of Matthew. Seek first his kingdom. Let it go. Pour it out. Give cheerfully. For he is the one who provides the seed and the bread. In the same way, he will provide and then produce a great harvest. And I hope this is making sense, friends. God will give you what you need. God will give you what you need so you can give it away in his name. So you can make room to receive more of what you need and then give that stuff away too. 
This is what we see in the scripture. So pour it out, friends. Use whatever God has given you to make him known. There is no single deposit in the kingdom of heaven. There is no limitation in the people of God. So as soon as you pour out what he's given you, as soon as it's gone, I just want you to know he'll give you more. So keep pouring it out. And this is the rhythm in a life of letting go. Use what you've been given in Jesus' name to make room for what's next. Which I know, friends, is so counterintuitive. It's so counterintuitive to what the world is saying today, especially in our current cultural moment, right, where everywhere you look, we talk about limitation. Everywhere you look, we're talking about recession and financial uncertainty and job insecurity, not to mention all the other crazy cultural norms that seem to be spiraling out of control. But friends, it's true. If you're with the Lord and you commit your life to him, you will always have what you need to be faithful. Now, you might not always have what you want to have fun or what you think you need to satisfy you. But the promise of provision remains for all who believe. A provision that will never expire or run out as long as we keep on pouring. As long as we keep on pouring, then walking with open hands to receive more and then commit it back to him and then pour it out again and then receive it and commit it and pour it out. Receive it, commit it, pour it out. Is this making sense? You don't need to hold on to what's not yours. It's not your job to carry what doesn't belong to you. God just wants you to have open hands, to receive what you need today, to lay it down for him to use and pour out on his behalf tomorrow. He doesn't want you to store up all sorts of treasures on earth for a rainy day where he might not provide. He doesn't want you storing up the metaphorical chocolate milk in your desk for Monday only to have it grow bitter because you've held on to it too long. No, he wants to give you a fresh carton every single day, friends. That's such a terrible illustration. But God, he, he wants you as eternal beings to live a life of letting go. And letting him give you everything you need from here to heaven. And he will do it. You just need to be ready to receive. So as we close today, um, Tyler's going to come up in just a minute to dismiss after all of this stuff. But um, as we close today, I just want to leave a couple questions for you to consider as we're kind of kicking off this new year. We start, I mean, it's February next week. It's crazy. The first question I want to leave you with is, what parts of your life are you holding on to too tight for too long that are keeping you from experiencing what God wants most for you? What do you need to open your hands to this morning that God wants to remove, kind of shake it out, so that you can receive? What are those things that you're holding so tightly to that are keeping you from the future God has? Maybe, there, maybe it's some friendships. Maybe it's relationships that aren't in line with what God wants. Maybe it's your identity. You've poured all of your life into this one thing, and now you're feeling insecure. Maybe it's your career, job transitions. Maybe it's your ambition, your influence, your reputation. Maybe it's your cars, your stuff, your bank account. Maybe it's your time. What do you need to release to the Lord today? What are you holding on to tight? It's preventing you from 
receiving from God or it's making you bitter inside. That's number one. Number two, what do you need to lay down before him today? What parts of your life that God has given you, that you acknowledge God gave you, that you need to consecrate and commit back to him? Is there anything in you that you keep unavailable from him? And lastly, third question is, what is God asking you to pour out and use for his glory so the world might know him? And so you have make so you have more room to receive what's next. I think about some of, our, some of our careers, that God has walked you through these doors, and yet in your careers, you are unwilling to reflect God in your life. I think about in your families. God has provided you this family. God has given you this family, and yet, and you, and yet you aren't carrying Jesus and his kingdom into your days. I think about the stuff that we have all of these things that God has given us that we are still holding on to so tight that he just wants us to pour out and make available so he can give us what's next. Because friends, this is what it means to be a Christian. It's not a life of holding on. It's not a life of deep personal responsibility or storing up to try to contain what once was. It's a life of letting go every single day so you might have room to receive again and again his power and his provision. And we can and we must. Because Psalm 24, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The world and all its people belong to him. For he laid the earth's foundation on the seas and built it on the ocean depths. And this same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. So, we fix our eyes not on what is seen, not on what is available, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. I want to pray for you um, before Tyler comes up to dismiss us. I want to pray specifically um, that we would, that we'd learn to let go of things that we were never intended to carry. And that we might receive all the blessings and provision that God is so willing and able to give. You do not need to be afraid. You do not need to be afraid. There is always more with the Lord. Everything is his. It's time to live a life of letting go. So we might embrace the greatest life that he has for us. So let's pray. And I want to just pray specifically over you and then we're going to be dismissed. Jesus, you know our hearts. You know where we are. You know where we've been. You know what we have and you know what we don't. You know us better than we know ourselves. And so God, I ask that you would just open our eyes to your presence today in ways that we can understand. God, help this reality, these, these assumptions that that are just intrinsic in the Christian life. Help these assumptions, these foundational baseline practices make their way into our hearts and minds as we approach this life of letting go. God, give us open eyes to see all the things that we are holding on to so tight. Give us eyes to see all the things that are holding us back from receiving from you, all the things that are making us bitter from the inside out, even the things that look good. God, give us eyes to see all the things that we need to open our hands to today, to loosen our grip, 
so you might remove and we might receive. God, give us open hands today, God, and help us see the provisions, the blessings that you've given us, that we might lay them down before you and commit them to you again as we acknowledge, Psalm 24, that everything is yours anyway. And finally, God, help us be a people that just use the things you've given us for your glory, that we would pour out our lives so the world might know what you are like through our stuff, through our jobs, through our families, through our passions, through our careers, through our cars, through the way we drive on the, on the 210, and through the way we order coffee in the morning, God, we ask that you would just be known as we pour out our lives for you, that we would make everything available to you, trusting and knowing that in the end, you are just going to keep on giving us everything we need. So Jesus, we love you and we thank you and we're so grateful for this life. We're so grateful for the life that you have given us, the blessings you have given us, all the provision, all the ways that you have provided. God, help us open our hands today to receive more, to remove the things that have to go, to finally let go of things that we have never been responsible to carry. Jesus, I want this church to be known as a church that lets go of everything for you. So give us the courage, God, to open our hands, to lay it down, and to pour it out. In Jesus' name we pray. We all said, amen, amen.